Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Sister Anise Day, and this is the Let Love podcast with the Sisters of Life. But we are having fun here at the Knights of Columbus 141st Supreme Convention. We're down in Orlando, and we thought it'd be a lot of fun uh, just to to receive and to listen to what beats at the heart of the Knights of Columbus. And so we have a number of guests who are going to join us and share a little bit about um, the beautiful gift that they've received and the special mission in the church that they serve. And in a special way, as Sisters of Life, we've we've uh, been kind of moving along for 32 years, and we haven't done much without the Knights behind us. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been our brothers in Christ and a great encouragement to us uh, in all the adventures uh, that we've uh, run after as the Lord has inspired us. So today, um, I have uh, two guests with us. Uh, one, Sister Maristella, uh, who currently serves as our vicar. Good morning, Sister. How are you? Hello, Sister on your stay. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. And we're blessed show. to have uh, Brian Caulfield with us who is the Vice Postulator for the Cause of Canonization of Blessed Michael McGivney. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, sister and sisters. And, you know, we just love the Sisters of Life. <laughs> well, listen, I, I can't wait to hear, Brian, that you, you've got a saint in the making, the Knights of Columbus, and that you get to sit at the a front row seat in all of that. What has that been like? Well, Blessed Michael McGivney is... Uh, you know, someone said to me the other day, Brian, you know, uh, you're doing such good hard work on behalf of uh, Blessed Michael McGivney. And I said, well, Father McGivney's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of his copy boy Amen. who, uh, you know, writes down the amazing things that are happening with the cause. And uh, I just urge everyone listening, you know, to pray uh, to Blessed Michael McGivney, pray in times of need, pray in times of uh, uh, when others are in need. Uh, he does answer prayers. We see that almost every day at the Father McGivney Guild, which I oversee. But, uh, you know, being kind of the vice, well, I am the vice postulator, uh, people often ask what that means. And uh, I, I say, well, you know, I'm the assistant to the postulator. And they say, oh, well, that clears it up. What's a postulator to do? Um, so vice postulator, I pretty much look into any favor that mm-hmm. has been reported to the Father McGivney Guild that mm-hmm. we receive through the website or receive by mail. And, uh, you know, look at that. We post it on the, uh, on the website, fathermcgivney.org. And if anything rises to the level where we think this might be a miracle that would be considered by the Vatican, you know, for the second miracle that he needs for canonization, wow. uh, I will initiate the investigation into that. So uh, anyone listening here, you know, if you think you received a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a miraculous kind of miracle, uh, usually a medical kind of condition that's been healed. Cool. Uh, I urge you to write in, go to fathermcgiffney.org and uh, I will look at that. <laughs> so, you know, you, now, now you know the voice behind the person who kind of wow. uh, looks into all these things. But, you know, beyond that, beyond, you know, the possible miraculous, mm-hmm. um, I really value and treasure and, and all of us do at the Knights of Columbus who work on the cause. We treasure what we call the everyday favors. You know, and these are the kind of favors that Father McGivney, I just picture him in heaven, you know, receiving, uh, you know, these prayers and petitions for the everyday 
And he says that's the kind of priest that he was yeah. on earth. He was the everyday priest who worked in the parish day after day, you know, tending to the needs of his immigrant parishioners, uh, looking after families, looking over orphans and widows, uh, looking after, you know, men who came over, maybe lost their job, wow. uh, men maybe who got injured on the job and now need a healing. These are the things that Father McGivney, as a parish priest in Connecticut, in New Haven, at St. Mary's Church, he encountered this every day. And I always think that those kind of petitions, uh, he loves to answer. He just is thrilled that people are asking him through his intercession, asking God uh, to intercede in this and to heal and to, uh, you know, bind up the wounds of the suffering. Uh, you know, regularly, I think once a week, we receive a, a report of a favor, someone um, who said, like, in, you know, in very sort of Catholic colloquial terms, yeah. You know, I, I heard that Father McGivney is good with people who need to find a job. Yeah. I started a novena to him, the nine-day prayer. And on the fourth day, I started getting uh, emails from my friends saying, look on the web, look at this job board. I think there's a, there's a job just for you that you're looking for. And, wow. you know, this, this gentleman did. He looked on there and he said, in fact, I'm writing you, I'm writing the guild uh, from the desk of my new job that I love. Okay, that is awesome, Brian. And then I, I, I emailed back, of course, you know, it yes. said, well, did you finish the novena? And he said, oh, yes, yes, as I finished the other, other five days, you know, the nine-day novena. Wow. But I just wanted to say how thankful I am. So, uh, you know, when we at the Knights are just uh, thrilled by the Sisters of Life. Amen. And, you know, we're really blessed by their presence. And, you know, I, I think I can speak for all two million members of the Knights of Columbus. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, that we... That we, we love the Sisters of Life and your work, and we are very proud and happy to support it in any way we can. Wow. Well, no, Brian, I thank you for, for sharing that and actually just hearing you. Um, and this is why Sister Maristella is, is joining us in a special way, because uh, the great man that, in a sense, uh, through his own profound faith, and it sounds like his great charity and his great service to others, and now is working on the other side in heaven to bring down powerful graces, um, reminds me of our founder, John mm -hmm. Cardinal O'Connor, and Sister Maristella uh, has been a great gift to all of us in our community in helping to know our founder better, mm -hmm. um, who also was uh, just wanted to be kind of a, an ordinary parish priest, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, God, God had different plans for him, but I think lived the heart of the priesthood as the Cardinal Archbishop of New York. And mm -hmm. Uh, it sounds like the two of you are kind of doing the same thing. You're sitting at the front <laughs> front row seat at Grace um, huh. of of saints who have gone before us. And Sister Marcel, what's that been like for you? Oh, yeah, no, it's been great. I see a, a similarity, too, between Cardinal O'Connor and Blessed Michael McGivney. These are two men with a great sensitivity of soul, a largeness mm -hmm. of heart, and two men who, like St. Paul said, had put on the mind of Christ. Wow. And so they saw the world differently through the lens of Christ, through the lens of our Catholic tradition, our Catholic faith. And um, another similarity between the two of them is that they had a heart for the most vulnerable. And, you know, what? When something that struck me 
when at the beatification mass of Blessed Michael McGivney, the miracle for his beatification was from an un, of an unborn baby with who had Down syndrome. And I don't think Cardinal O'Connor, you couldn't have scripted it more beautifully. Oh my Cardinal O'Connor in his lifetime, he founded our community to protect human life, to protect, protect and enhance the sacredness of human life so that each person might know their sacred dignity. And who better proclaims that than the poor, the weak, and the vulnerable in our mm. society just to know that our value doesn't come from anything we can do or produce or achieve, but the fact that we're made in the image of God and um, what we saw at the beatification mass of blessed Michael McGivney is that God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the wise. He chooses the lowly, the weak, and what a more stunning, there what couldn't have been a better picture yeah. is picture perfect story than at the beatification mass, this unborn child who wow. proclaimed the glories of God. So yeah, I think Michael McGivney, blessed Michael McGivney, John Cardinal O'Connor, two men after the heart of Christ, two men who put on the mind of Christ, um, who lived their vocations as priests so richly, so beautifully. Wow, <laughs> gosh. What do you think they're talking about up in heaven? <laughs> what do you think? How do you think they view, uh, you know, the mission of today in the church and um, for the knights, you know, for the sisters, what, what oh. would these guys say? Goodness gracious, how, you know, the Knights of Columbus are, are some of our best friends and supporters and benefactors, Amen. and we couldn't do many of our missions without them. So I, I have a, a kind of something of a sense that Colonel O'Connor might have approached Blessed Michael McGivney and said, hey, the, <laughs> these sisters really need your help down there. <laughs> Is there anything the Knights can do? And Blessed Michael McGivney mm -hmm. came through uh, yeah. proud and strong, don't you think, Brian? <laughs> oh, I think so. And, and His Eminence, Cardinal O'Connor, was a proud Knight of Columbus, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the second winner of our Gaudium et Spes Award, mm -hmm. which is the highest award that the Knights uh, bestow. Uh, the first winner was none other than St. Teresa of Calcutta, you wow. know, more well-known as Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in 1992, the inaugural Gaudium et Spes Award. And Cardinal O'Connor was the second in 1994. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he loved the Knights of Columbus. And of course, you know, we, uh, we respected and revered and loved him uh, very much. Um, I think you're right regarding Cardinal O'Connor mm -hmm. and uh, Father McGivney. Um, you know, they both, uh, you know, kind of grew up in uh, Catholic enclaves mm -hmm. of their times and uh, working class families. Mm -hmm. um, father McGivney's uh, father was an iron molder in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, he is an Irish immigrant, came over and uh, got married uh, to, a, it's kind of funny, his wife was from Ireland too, uh, we researched it and they actually, you know, uh, grew up in towns about 10 miles from one another. Mm. Um, but there was a mountain in between their towns. So they, back in those days in the 1800s, they never really got to meet one another back uh, then. Mm. You know, they, I guess the, the cow and the cart couldn't get over the hill. Um, but when they got to Waterbury, they, uh, they met one another and were married. And Michael was their first child, first of 13 children, uh, seven of whom. Uh, survived, uh, you know, birth and childhood. Um, so he knew loss at an early age. Mm -hmm. He knew that kind of loss that I think influences later uh, ministry toward uh, widows and orphans. But Cardinal O'Connor, um, you know, <laughs> how can I count the ways that he has influenced my life personally? Mm -hmm. um, I was telling the sisters earlier that, uh, you know, when I was a young man in my 20s and kind of coming back to the church after having a strong Catholic upbringing. I was reading Catholic New York newspaper and I had maybe what, 
we might call a uh, uh, help wanted uh, moment uh, mm-hmm. with Cardinal O'Connor. Um, probably your listeners know that, uh, you know, he had put uh, in his column in Catholic New York a help wanted Sisters of Life at one point. And I remember reading that and saying, you know, to myself, well, you know, why isn't he, why isn't he sought our brothers of life too? <laughs> and, uh, and lo and behold, uh, sometime later, I forget exactly when, but uh, he wrote a column about, uh, you know, uh, calling young men uh, to the seminary who mm. may, you know, think of being a priest. And uh, I read that and it's kind of a checklist almost in my mind, you know, it says if you're Young man, uh, unattached, you know, not married. If you have the love of the Eucharist, the love of the Mass, the love of the Church, uh, you're willing to sacrifice and, you know, give yourself wholeheartedly to your people. You know, I want you to come and be my seminarian. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I checked off each one of those and said, oh, boy, I guess I <laughs> kind of not quite reluctantly, but it's like, well, I guess my cardinal is calling me to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to be a seminarian. And, you know, God willing, I did. There are three excellent years uh, two years of minor seminary, one year at Dunwoody. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't called, but uh, then I became Cardinal O'Connor's reporter. I, I had been a career of journalism up to the time I went to seminary, and after I left, I started working as a reporter for Catholic New York and uh, did many of the pro-life articles uh, revolving around the Cardinal. So, uh, you know, he just inspired me in so many ways through his through his pastoral, his his paternal manner, and uh, his pro-life stance, mm. and, you know, so many things we can say. So uh, I'm very blessed personally, um, you know, to have known Cardinal O'Connor, known him, you know, pretty well on a, on a personal level, and now, you know, working on Father McGivney's cause. Um, again, there are very, you know, very many uh, correlations you can make between the two men and mm-hmm. you know we're confident that they are both in heaven now and uh, you know interceding for for the people of God mm-hmm. amen amen how beautiful mm-hmm. well and it, it is so inspiring even just to listen and to listen to how the Holy Spirit moves and works in people's hearts and how each yes again ignites the next yes and how Cardinal O'Connor here you are. How long have you been uh, with the Knights of Columbus, Brian? I've been working for the Knights for 22 years. Wow. Um, I started as man. I went right from Catholic New York reporter to managing editor of the monthly magazine. And wow. sometime later, uh, Carl Anderson, Supreme Knight, called me into his office and one day said, uh, would you like to be vice postulator? And I said yes, and then went back to my desk and Googled Vice postulator. <laughs> I had some idea what it was, but I, you know, I, I had to get a better understanding. And it's mm-hmm. it's been just a wonderful, um, you know, I wake up every day. I'm excited just to see what uh, petitions people are sending in. And, you know, many of them in very hard situations. Yeah. Uh, and just to see the favors that people receive and being able to put that on the website and being able to reach out to people. I bring the relic around to many uh, people, mm-hmm. and uh, if, if I'm not able to get there by car, uh, we do send the relic uh, by FedEx. Uh, I want to give a shout out to FedNA. Always receive the relic back in good shape. But um, usually, when I see something, uh, a, a petition on the website, where I think like, "Wow, this is something that Father McGifty would really want to respond to," mm. I contact the person, and we arrange to have the relic sent usually to the parish priest or to the Knights of Columbus uh, chaplain uh, to have the priest visit the person in question and pray with them. And 
uh, we've seen some amazing favors through that. Wow. You know, we've made a couple of videos. People can go to uh, fathermcgivney.org and look under videos and uh, see some of the, you know, short videos of people who had, uh, you know, who recovered uh, from uh, different situations and illnesses because basically because the relic was there with them and the wow. priest prayed with them for it. That's just, incredible. It just gives you a sense too that, you know, the saints are alive and they're with us and they're interceding for us. And, you know, at many points in life, the veil is very thin mm-hmm. to the other side. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have all this great cloud of witnesses who surrounds us, who's rooting, they're rooting us on and they wanna, yeah. want to see us with them. Yes. And they're interested in the affairs of this world. They're interested in our lives and want to draw us closer to Christ. Yeah. I know when I, when I first got uh, the job as vice postulator in 2011, I went to, uh, you know, a priest who I had gone to seminary with, you know, knew him, uh, you know, kind of through seminary, and now he's a priest. And I said, you know, what, what, what would you say about, you know, praying for miracles? You know, because I, I kind of wasn't used to that. It's almost like, you know, are we, mm-hmm. are we asking too much of God, yeah. you know, to ask for miracles? Am I being vain, mm-hmm. asking for a miracle for myself? And the priest said, well, we are the faith of miracles. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's you know, an awesome th- line. That's, the, that's one of the foundations of our faith. And that's not to say that everyone gets a miracle who prays for one, but it's to say that, you know, God wants to hear from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a God of miracles. Yeah, He's I mean, a God I mean, who he, he wants. And, and of course, then the priest said, well, you know, we, we have the foundational miracle of the Eucharist. Mm. At every Mass, mm-hmm. there is a miracle, mm-hmm. you know, and if people really understood that, if our Catholic people understood that, you know, and I hope through this Eucharistic revival mm-hmm. that we will see that, that, that every time we go to Mass, that a miracle, that God is doing a miracle just for us mm-hmm. who are there. Um, so people will be flooding the churches if they really understood that at, at, a, at a heart-to-heart level. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. That we are the faith of miracles. Mm. And I love that you see that in, throughout salvation history. It's faith that precedes the miracles of God. Well, and I wonder too, and, and for both Sister Maristella and for you, Brian, um, when you look at these two great men, Father McGivney and John Cardinal O'Connor, it, what do you see as, maybe it's two questions. First, what, they're one of their greatest virtues. You know, mm. it's like um, that you think the church of today uh, needs to be asking these guys to strengthen them in. Um, and how does you speak of these favors? Um, how do you see um, them loving people and blessing people in a sense through their intercession? Is there any distinction to the graces or favors that you see? Like, do they love miracles of healing or um, graces of strengthening in their faith? Or, um, you know, what do you, what do you see? Yes, uh, that's a great question, sister. And uh, if you hadn't mentioned it, I, I, I w- would have asked to bring it up. When I first became vice postulator, you know, we, we had the cause open in 1997. And since that time, you know, we had received, you know, thousand uh, reports of favors, you know, big, small, every day. Um, but no one had cataloged them. Mm. So one of the first things I did was to go through our website, to go through our files and look at all the favors and kind of to a, you know, kind of a rough catalog and then, you know, kept them in categories. And what I found was Father McGivney was answering prayers according to people returning to the faith, often a mother with her adult son, adult child saying, you know, I wish he would come back to the faith. And then we receive a favor, you know, saying he was at, he was 
at my shoulder. We were shoulder to shoulder at mass last Sunday. Unbelievable. And then the other would be having to do with some sort of addiction. Mm. Now, in Father McGivney's day, of course, mm. with uh, a lot of the immigrants, very hard lives, um, it was alcohol. And he actually founded a, uh, a temperance society. You know, the Irish people would, you know, the total abstinence, uh, St. Joseph Total Abstinence Society, you know, for men who were looking to overcome uh, their drinking habits. And, of course, today it's things such as fentanyl, such as opioids and mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. kinds of addictive things. And we receive a lot of favors regarding that either someone praying for the person addicted or the person himself reporting, you know, that six months clean kind of thing. Amazing. And then there's family reconciliation is another category, um, you know, where there's dissension within the families. And, you know, Father McGivney worked on that, of course, in his day, uh, very hard lives. The immigrants were, were living and the father often away or out of the house for long hours, working 12, 14 hours in a factory, in the mines, on the railroads, right? Cause of family dissension. And uh, so we see that today with, you know, with uh, a divorce so common and rampant that there's reconciliation between spouses or reconciliation between parents and children Mm -hmm. that Father McGivney is so interested in bringing. And uh, so these are some of the favors that we see Mm -hmm. under those categories. And, you know, I realized after I did this that, these are the very things Father McGivney, you know, really worked on when he was on earth. And, uh, it's incredible. You know, and then there's, of course, the healing uh, of body and mind that, uh, wow. that we all pray for. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm falling mm-hmm. in, more in love with Father McGivney <laughs> as we speak. Gosh, thank you, Brian. It's so beautiful. Gosh, what do you see, Sister Marissa? Yeah. Well, I was going to say you asked for two virtues yeah. or yeah. attributes of his character that our world, we could hold out to the world today. Mm -hmm. And two things that come to mind when I think of Cardinal O'Connor are his integrity and his courage. Um, He was a man of great integrity and that he was, he knew who he was in the eyes of God. And um, some have said he feared no man. He feared God, no man. And so he was not afraid to proclaim the truth and he had the courage to do so no matter what he proclaimed the truth inside and out whenever it was, um, Popular, unpopular, he didn't care. He knew his responsibility to God and as a bishop, as a successor to the apostles, to preach the truth with love, and he did so. And so even people who disagreed with him very much respected him because he was a man of integrity. He knew he didn't change according to the social norms or what people appreciated or what, in order to be liked, he stood before God and proclaimed his truth. And so I think that's something really, his courage and his boldness, um, we need that today. We need that in Amen. the church. And all of us want to live our faith with such courage and integrity. Amen. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, what do you, yeah, Brian? In, in fact, when you asked about those, you know, what, what were their virtues? Um, for McGivney, uh, you know, humility and the virtue of organizing. Mm. I mean, he founded the Knights of Columbus. It's just amazing that 141 years later, we're still going. Unbelievable. And he was a simple parish priest in one parish in New Haven, Connecticut, you know, in the late 1800s. And what he founded has spread throughout the world. Uh, I think one of the most amazing things was when we went to Poland and, uh, you know, John Paul II, uh, you know, had invited the Knights uh, into Poland in 2006, or he invited beforehand. And then, you know, we finally established in 2006. And it just seemed like the Polish people knew who Father McGivney was already. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the heart of Father McGivney is just, the heart of like every Catholic 
Wow. You know, it, it, it just speaks so much. And I see that when people pray to Father McGivney. So many people write in and say, I never knew anything about Father McGivney, but my parish priest told me to pray to him. And I had to go and look like, who is this? And it became like, I love this Father McGivney. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of it is because people know the Knights. The Knights have like a 95%, you know, approval rating among Catholics. Mm -hmm. So when they see that this is the guy who started this all, you know, he's got to help me. And regarding Cardinal O'Connor's sister, mm. courage was the first thing oh, that came sorry. to mind. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. courage and integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you say with integrity. Um, if we have a, a little time, I have, uh, uh, you know, an amazing story, you know, that he was so loved. I had the privilege at Catholic New York of covering his funeral mass. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, like there were three days, I think he was lying in state in the uh-huh. cathedral and people were coming. The lines were around the block, you know, Fifth Avenue down both sides, you know, 50th and 51st Street, all the way onto Madison Avenue. Um, the cops didn't know what to do with all the people who wow. were coming. And of course, I walked and, you know, part of my story, I was talking to people in the line, like on Madison Avenue, why are you waiting so long? Um, what is it about Father, about uh, Cardinal O'Connor? And the first person I went to, I said, oh, well, tell me about this. And it was a woman and she said, well, you know, I'm not Catholic. Wow. And I said, oh, it's just, I'm a Lutheran, but I always considered him, you know, the speaker for all Christians in New York wow. because he spoke up and he was loving. He was kind. You could just see that he cared for people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm writing this down. And then I went down the line a little to a man and I said, why, why are you here? It's paying respects. He says, well, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I said, what are you? So I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I just knew how he loved the Jewish people. Yeah. You know, he had a heart for the Jewish people. You could just tell. And when he met with our rabbis, when he spoke on TV, you know, when this, and I was like, oh, okay. And then finally I said, is anyone here Catholic on this line? (laughs) (laughs) So finally, of course, I spoke to a number of Catholics who just, you know, they they waited over an hour just to see him. So that's a wonderful story. And you talk about courage. I remember, you know, uh, unfortunately, back in the 1990s, there was a shooting at a... Mm in Boston at an abortion clinic. And uh, Planned Parenthood took a, uh, uh, you know, Cardinal O'Connor, of course, condemned that shooting and, and called for the shooter to give himself up. And Planned Parenthood and all the pro-abortion people, NARAL now, took an ad in the New York Times asking, uh, you know, Cardinal O'Connor to uh, withdraw, as they called him, his troops uh, from the abortion clinics, people who prayed and counseled in front of abortion clinics. Um, you know, Cardinal O'Connor got up that Sunday in the pulpit and, you know, in his very kind, stro- straightforward way, you know, regretted, of course, and prayed for the soul mm-hmm. of the abortionist who was killed, but said, you know, I have this copy of the New York Times ad and they're asking me to pull, you know, pro-lifers who are peaceful, who are prayerful, mm-hmm. um, he said, I will pull them off the street, so-called, when Planned Parenthood stops doing abortions. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he got a standing ovation, of course. And it was just an example of both his, mm-hmm. his sensitivity to the situation and also his stance that, you know, we're not doing anything wrong when we pray and counsel. You know, we are doing something right and we will not give that up as long as we are peaceful, as long as we are prayerful. We will remain there. Gosh, 
It's stunning. Mm. Stunning men. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you speak, Brian, it's like his spirit is so alive uh, in the Knights of Columbus. And I, even just being here on the, on the ground at the convention, the organization, uh, which is down to a T, but the humility. Uh, and you, you do, and the courage of, um, you see so many good men seeking to raise uh, good and holy families and um, strive uh, to, to be men of faith in a time where, uh, yeah, that's not easy. And um, yeah, just, gosh, bringing, bringing him to life. I thank you so much, Brian, because uh, you bring him to life in your yes, um, as well as um, in your coming to know and share uh, Father McGivney. And gosh, uh, Cardinal O'Connor, just really, he's, Father McGivney's from Connecticut. Is this right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waterbury. So uh, two great men in, in neighboring states. Mm-hmm. What a gift. Well, I wonder, too. In closing, do you all have any last thoughts on Colonel Connor or Father McGivney or anything that you think people need to, to hear? Yeah, well, just briefly, uh, as you mentioned, we're at the uh, Supreme Convention of the Knights of Columbus in Orlando, Florida. Um, we do the business of the order starting Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have about 600 delegates from every state and every jurisdiction. We're in Canada, the Philippines, Poland. Mexico, the Caribbean, Ukraine, and uh, as you said, you know, the men here, a lot of them bring their families. Uh, this is a very family event, and, uh, you know, the Knights are, are here to, uh, we started a new program called CORE, C-O-R, that's Latin for heart, mm. and this is to build our Knights in the spiritual virtues, and we want the Knights to be the organization nationally, internationally, but also at the local parish that men will look to when they say, I want to become a better Catholic man. Mm-hmm. And we want to say the obvious answer is the Knights of Columbus. Amen. Gosh, Sister Marestel, you have any last, last word from Colonel Connor? Gosh, he, um, you know, he was unabashedly pro-life, um, pro-family, pro-every human person. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the messages that of Cardinal O'Connor that continuously resounds in my ears, of course, he was a great advocate for the unborn, but for every human person, for the sick, the elderly, those suffering, the, um, but he would always say to people and reiterated in a number of different ways, just he wanted each person to know their dignity, that they were loved by God infinitely and unconditionally. And he, he would say, God loves you for you, not for anything you can do or produce or achieves, but for you. And he created you because he wanted you to exist. And I think when people discover that and experience being loved in that way, uh, they live in the fullness of life, which Jesus wants for all of us. So, um, so yeah, so I hope this convention brings, uh, bears a lot of fruit in building virtuous men, holy families. We need this so much in our culture. And so I'm grateful for this, this podcast. I'm grateful to be with you, Brian, and to share some great stories about uh, Blessed Michael McGivney, John Cardinal O'Connor, two great men of faith, Knights of Columbus, and we're honored to be here. Amen. Well, we do. Um, praise be to God. I feel I feel very blessed. I want to kind of run to the chapel and go go pray and go ask for their intercession. Um, although I would say you you feel the spirit of Father McGivney so deeply here and in the hearts of each of the knights, and it it's an inspiration to us as as the Sisters of Life. And I know. Uh, I've been a sister of life for 16 years, and it's an amazing thing to watch the night stand beside us and help us to be um, uh, the women that God is calling us to be. So uh, we have so much gratitude 
and uh, we're praying praying for each other uh and it's a it's a joy to be part of the uh the, a family of faith actually uh striving for heaven well god bless you brian well, it's thank so you good. sisters i so appreciate wonderful. it oh my goodness and sister marcella i I think hopefully we'll hear more from you throughout these days. Sounds great. Can't <laughs> wait. Thank you, sister, on your stay. Amen. <laughs> and uh, God bless you all. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with another great night uh, and more things to tell you here at the, the, the Supreme Convention um, here in Orlando, Florida. God bless you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.